Hello, dear friends. Once again, it is time for Let's Talk About Jesus. And in these particular times that we were living in and living through, uh, I pray that God will help me to help you to get a, a perspective on what is happening globally right now, what is going to happen in the very, very near future. One thing I can tell you, God is still on the throne. God is still in control. And God is still a hiding place in the time of trouble. And I want to talk to you about finding peace in fearful times. Finding peace in fearful times. And if you have your Bibles, I'd like you to turn with me to Luke chapter 21, verses 25 and 26. Now, I want to make a statement on the uh, beginning of this Bible study. Uh, I don't think we will ever, ever, ever be the same because I believe that what is happening right now in terms of this global virus situation is just just a, uh, a harbinger of things to come. Uh, once the last days begin, uh, it's kind of like tipping a domino and one hits another and another and another and another. And the scripture is very, very clear about last day signs that would indicate that we are moving swiftly uh, to the coming of Christ and swiftly to the tribulation period. And one of the things that would be outstanding uh, in, the, in the culture around the world, uh, every nation is experiencing this, uh, this particular uh, a- attitude uh, and atmosphere that would begin to accelerate as, as the world moves swiftly into that time of trouble that the Bible calls the Great Tribulation. Well, the good news is that God has a plan for you and God has a plan for me. Amen. And it is not to experience wrath, but to obtain God's deliverance, God's salvation. Hallelujah. Amen. And not only does God have a plan, God has a person, the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. And friend of mine, I want you to know I've never been more appreciative of Him and appreciative of God's promise and God's provision in times like these, in these fearful times. So if you'll turn with me to Luke's Gospel, chapter 21, verse 25 and 26, when the question is asked, when shall these things be? What shall be the sign of thy coming? Jesus answers and says in these verses, and there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth, distress of nations with perplexity. That means puzzlement in the Greek. And we understand that today, that the greatest leaders, the greatest thinkers, do not have all the answers or solutions to the problems that are coming upon the earth and will accelerate as we move closer to the coming of Jesus, closer to the day of Jacob's trouble or the great tribulation. It says, and I'm going to read that again, put this last part of this verse in context. And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars. You see, this is, this is beginning 
to move into the Great Tribulation. It will reach its apex during the Great Tribulation. I believe we're in what the Scripture says, the beginning of sorrows. You know, there are certain signs that would occur. And a lot of people thought, this is it. This is the end. This this indicates that it's it's right here. And yet the Scripture said, no, this is not the end is not yet. These are the beginning of sorrows. That word sorrows in the Greek means birth pangs. It's a very unique word. It doesn't mean the grief. I just returned from a, a, a death in a family, a patriarch, my father-in-law, a wonderful, wonderful man. And I pr- was able to pray the sinner's prayer with him uh, before he went home to be with the Lord. I'm told that he, he would lift his hands as if he saw beyond this earth the nurse that attended him, said he would lift his hands as if he was looking uh, right into heaven, (laughs) amen, or right at him, Jesus, who saved his soul. He would lift his hands and look up uh, and, and and then fall into peaceful sleep. Oh, friend of mine, in fearful times, times like these, there's a song written years ago, in times like these, we need a Savior. And we need a hand to hold. Friend of mine, thank God we have a Savior who reaches down His hand. My dad used to love the song, the old, old Christian hymn of the faith that said, I was lost without, and undone without God nor His Son when He reached down His hand for me. When he reached way down for me. I don't know about you, my dear friend, but God had to reach way down for me. I had slipped down into a deep, deep place of bondage and sin in my life. But God reached way down. I'll tell you, there's no one in this listening audience in such a dungeon so deep that God cannot or will not reach you. Praise God. And once he does, and once Jesus becomes your sovereign and your Savior, friend of mine, I want you to know you have every promise and every provision for times like these. Let me read the read this again, and I want to give you a perspective, my perspective on something that, that uh, I believe can mean two different things. Listen to it. Which will be the sign of thy coming? Verse 25, and there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon. We read that in the book of Revelation. When we see the sun darken, we see the moon become as, as blood and, and, and the stars are all shaken. Uh, yes, certainly there will be distress of nations. But we're in the beginning of sorrows and things are occurring that are, that are beyond the control of 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 any of the greatest thinkers and greatest leaders in the world listen carefully distress of nations with perplexity with puzzlement we don't know what to do we we don't know how to handle this the sea and the waves roaring now there will be earthquakes during the great tribulation and and it's going to certainly cause great tidal waves but the sea and the waves roaring in the book of revelation it's talking about out of the sea is where the beast comes out of the out of the sea of humanity the sea is used for all the peoples of the earth out of those peoples one is going to come the antichrist and the false prophet out of the sea and the bible speaks of the wicked being like the troubled sea. 
whose waters cast up mire and dirt. There is no peace, saith God, to the wicked. And that's that's what nothing can give and no one can give in the time of trouble beyond man's ability and beyond the government's ability and beyond the military's ability and all, beyond all of the great uh, educational uh, professor's ability uh, to figure this out. The think tanks can't figure it out with all of the intellect and intelligence that they can gather together. Friend of mine, this to me, means more than a tidal wave that will occur when the great earthquakes of the tribulation. This is what occurs when when we have things just like this as a precursor or a harbinger of things to come. The sea and the waves roaring. There is no peace, saith my God, unto the wicked. For they are like the what? The troubled sea, sea and waves roaring, whose waters cast up mire and dirt. Uh, there's no peace. Amen. Men's hearts, next verse says, failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming upon the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken, and we could go on. But I wanted to stop right here and, and, and say something to you about fear. Researchers at John Hopkins University reported that, that 40 or 45 years ago, really, the greatest fears of grade school children were animals, you know, like a dog chasing them when they were walking home, being in a dark room high places, strangers, and loud noises. Today, it is divorce, nuclear war, cancer, pollution, and being caught in the crossfire of a drug deal in our major cities. The stress level is rising, and it's rising in everyone, and it's rising everywhere. Doctors tell us that acute stress can provoke changes in the heart that may lead to death. Uh, and, and they also tell us that, that uh, the, identify 15 they identified 15 cases in one study in which people died after a physical assault, although injuries alone would not have been enough to kill them. Eleven of the 15 cases showed a type of heart cell death called myofibular degeneration, similar to a reaction in exper experimental animals who are helpless to anticipate or avoid danger. You see, the reason fear will grip the world with such tenacity is because helplessness brings hopelessness. Ephesians 2 and verse 12 says that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of promise, therefore having no hope and without God in the world. This message to the Gentiles was you didn't have a covenant at that time. You didn't have any legitimate claim on God's promises and God's provision for you. And because you didn't have that hope, you were with, you you were filled with fear you were filled with anxiousness you were filled with everything that is the antithesis of peace 
Ah, because you were without God in the world. We were, we, we have had an, an experience with God, dear Christian. If you're a Christian today, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12 and 14, uh, 12, 13 and 14. I want to read that to you. About that time that you were without Christ and you were alienated from the covenant and you were without God and without hope. And therefore, fear would grip you and not turn you loose. Listen, Ephesians two twelve through 14. It says that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope, you see, and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who were sometimes far off, are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For He is our peace, who hath made both one, and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. Praise God. Spiritually speaking, there is no difference. There's neither Jew nor Greek, bond nor free, male or female, what Jesus did at the cross united us and brought us in to the covenant on a uh, actually in a more a amplified and more accelerated way uh, than just the covenant of old with Abraham. We have a new covenant, but it is amplifying the covenant of Abraham and magnifying it. Praise God for the blood of Jesus speaks of better things than the blood of bulls and goats. We are one with Abraham's seed. Our citizenship is in heaven. We are one in inheritance. We have the same covenant promises because we are not without God. <laughs> Amen. We are not without hope. Praise the Lord. I want to ask you a question today. How do you behave when trouble hits your life? We all are experiencing a degree of that. How do you cope? Do you go to pieces or do you go to God? That is the question that we all need to face. This is a good time for in a holy and healthy introspect and find out where our faith is really anchored, where our faith really is, is, is focused right now. You know, the Bible said we are to look unto Jesus who is the author and the finisher of our faith, looking unto Jesus. Amen. You know, there's a humorous story. They usually use Johnny as the, as the, uh, uh, as the little boy's name in these stories. So I'm going to use that same term. It could be any, any child. Five-year-old Johnny was in the kitchen, and his mother made supper. She asked him to go in the pantry and get her a can of tomato soup. But he didn't want to go in there alone. And he said, it's dark in there. And I'm scared. She asked again, and he persisted. Finally, she said, it's okay. Jesus will be in there with you. Johnny walked hesitantly to the door and peeked inside. The bulb was burned out, so he didn't have a flashlight. He peeked inside the darkness inside. And started to leave when all at once he got an idea. He turned around, opened the door and said, Jesus, if you're in there, 
would you hand me a can of tomato soup? Amen. Friend of mine, this is a time that we need to find that peace that only God can give. Our government is limited. Our doctors, as wonderful as they are, are limited. They can only do so much. And I'm afraid that we as Christians have become over-dependent on our government and our medical system. I'm not anti-doctor. I'm certainly not anti-government. Thank God we have the provisions and the protections that our government has given us. But there are things, and we're seeing it begin right now, that they can't handle in and of themselves. There are things that doctors cannot handle, things they can't cure, things they can't address. We met a woman in a store that we frequent, uh, uh, and, uh, and she came to tell us because she recognizes our peace and our faith in Christ, and, and she wanted to tell us about some trouble she was going through physically. Uh, congestive heart failure, a relatively young woman, and 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 as she was telling us about that, she began to talk about her insurance program and how good it was and how glad she was to have it. All the while uh, stating to us uh, that the doctor didn't know why a woman of this age was having this kind of problem and they were going to try different things to address it. But clearly she was deeply concerned, I would say certainly fearful, and I would be too, to be to wake up in the middle of the night, short of breath, uh, relatively young, and not know what in the world is going on in my body and why is it occurring. And while she was talking about having in our in our particular state, Blue Cross Blue Shield is one of the premier insurance programs offered to workers, very comprehensive. But, old friend of mine, I am so glad to have the shield of faith that the Bible speaks of in Ephesians chapter 6. You know, there's a lot of things doctors can't do, but there's nothing that God can't do. The scripture actually said of him, the things that are impossible with men are possible with God. Hallelujah. And not only that, the Bible says, amen, that all things are possible to him that believeth. Praise the Lord. Amen. No impossibilities, no case too hard, no circumstance that, that, that brings puzzlement. God knows how, the Scripture says again, to deliver the righteous. It doesn't matter if you're right with God and you know Him as your sovereign and your Savior, Jesus Christ, through Jesus Christ. I want you to know today that you're in a safe place. And if you're looking to Him, if you're looking to Him, you see, faith has to be exercised in order to be effective because faith without works is dead being alone. And I want to encourage you to exercise your faith today. Thank God for good doctors. Thank God for, for, for the, the government's uh, provisions for, for all of us to protect us and help provide for us. But when they reach the end of their, their limits and abilities, I want you to know that we are not hopeless because we are not helpless because our initial faith has been and always should be in God himself. 
Hallelujah. We've been made one with with Abraham's seed, and we have become the house. They that are of the household of faith are, the New Testament declares, Abraham's seed by faith, and the blessings of Abraham have come upon them. Praise God. There's only one safe place for you and me today. And it's not in our insurance program, and it's not in our government, and it's not in the greatest surgeons and doctors in the world. I had, I had at a very young age, I had cancer uh, of the blood, leukemia, and and uh, they first thought that I was I was uh, anemic, and they were treating me for anemia until all the test result come back. And then the doctor, in a very grim, uh, I remember a little bit of it because I was eight years old, uh, and he was saying, because we didn't have Blue Cross Blue Shield. We had no insurance program. We were very poor, and the place the poor went then was the county hospital, and it was in a, an old building that looked like you could make a Stephen King movie and a horror movie. I mean, I mean, it was just an old gray, bland building where people without insurance and without means ended up. And what he was telling my parents at that time, as they conveyed it to me later, was take him home, uh, just keep him, keep him uh, comfortable. He's going to be fatigued. This is going to progress. We can't treat it. And when he gets in the last stages, we will get him admitted to the county hospital to make me comfortable to die so that I would die uh, relatively without pain or, or discomfort to give me morphine or whatever they had back in the in the 50s. A friend of mine, my, my dad would not have that. He took me to church in Tampa, Florida, where they were having church seven days a week because they were in a Holy Ghost revival at that church. Evangelists just kept coming in one after the other. People prayed in the morning, every morning, in the balcony of that building. Praise God. And some of the people that were there when, when I was taken for prayer in one of those services uh, became members of my own congregation. I'm kind of, you know, this is a spoiler. <laughs> I did survive leukemia. Praise God. Amen. Spoiler alert. I survived. Friend of mine, I would not have survived. I would have died before I was 10 years of age had not God intervened. But you see, we as Christians are not without God. Therefore, we're not without hope. And hope, biblically defined in the New Testament, is the glad. You, you have this, this joy that comes up inside knowing that God is on the throne and God is in control and God loved us enough to give us His Son. And how will He not also with Him give us all things? Praise God. Oh, friend of mine, my dad did not give up hope. And he took me and dragged my mother, she wasn't a Christian at that time, to church. And when they begin to pray for people, we called it the healing line. Uh, they lined up, and and my mother grabbed me by the hand and drug me down front. Well, she didn't drag me. First experience of God's power was was that in that service in my life, the tangible presence 
of God. Amen. Not just going through motions, becoming a ritualistic in the practice of a religion, but a real relationship with Christ and with God through Christ. So the Holy Spirit could manifest himself. I began to feel tingling in my feet and it came up my legs as I was moving forward in that prayer line. And by the time I stood before the person praying, an evangelist from Texas, <laughs> Freddie Gray, I believe was his name. He wasn't a theologically highly trained man. He wasn't a highly educated man. He certainly had no medical background. And my mother began to speak to him about my situation and what we needed him to pray for me for. And she was going to blurt out, pray for him. He has cancer of the blood. And and before she could, no, leukemia, I'm sorry. She was going to say, pray for him. He has leukemia. And she got the loo of leukemia out. He has, she, he has loo, and he immediately overrode her, laid his hand on my head, and said, I rebuke the cancer in this young man's blood in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And I commanded to leave him and loose him. Oh, friend of mine, at that moment, a miracle of healing occurred in my body. Yes, we had to go back to the doctor. Yes, it was verified by the doctor. <laughs> Man, all the fatigue left. My liver had been affected, and I was jaundiced, and my color became normal. I, my energy level jumped up, and when they took me back to the doctor, and my mother told the doctor what had occurred, uh, he, he was skeptical because he's a man of science. Science and the Holy Spirit and the Spirit of God. You see, science will say, that's him. Possible. God says there's nothing impossible with me and there's nothing impossible to him that believeth. Praise God. God can keep you today. God will keep you today. In spite of the circumstance you and I may find ourselves in. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know what they put on the medical report? Dr. Paul Minthorn, who had a, a practice here in Tampa, he wrote down, there is no more cancer. We've retested his blood test. It's clear. And what he put down for the reason, because there had been no treatment, he put down spontaneous remission. Well, I think that's pretty accurate. God healed me. It was there. It was cursed in my body by a man of faith that laid hands on me, anointed me with oil according to the word of God. Hallelujah. You know, I'm not here to argue whether God heals today or not. I'm a representation that he does. Every breath that I take, every step that I make, I'm 73 years old and counting. Hallelujah. And I'm, and, and, and I'm a representation that God indeed heals today. You see, Jesus Christ hasn't changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we are serving the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And every promise that he made to ancient Israel is our promise as well. Praise God. Amen. I like what David said. What shall I render to God for all his benefits unto me? 
And he said in the great Psalm 103, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Hallelujah. Who forgiveth. What was the incentive for this kind of praise that is just bubbling up from the psalmist? Who He said, who forgiveth all my iniquities and who healeth all my diseases. Hallelujah. Who satisfies my mouth with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagles who delivers my soul from destruction. Praise the Lord. Bless the Lord. You know what what one of the things we need to do to disarm fear today is give God the praise and the glory for being the, the 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 vanquisher of our sin, the vanquisher of our enemy, the devil, hallelujah, to be the 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 great physician, the healer. Praise God. The Bible said that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good, healing all that are oppressed of the devil. Now, that's not just physical healing. That's the spiritual and the mental and the emotional healing when we become a Christian. But I believe that physical healing is distinctly involved in that today. Amen. There's a there's a virus threatening our bodies today, but there is is a God who says, there's nothing too hard for me. And Jeremiah said it in the Old Covenant. Ah, it begins with, he's just in awe of the greatness and the goodness of God. And he says, ah, Lord God, thou hast made the heavens. This is about his power. (laughs) Thou hast made the heavens and the earth with thine outstretched hand. And there is nothing too hard for thee. Nothing is impossible with God. Amen. Today, we're not without God. We're not like others who have no hope. Praise God. We are not left down here dependent only on what man can do. We are children of the Most High God. We are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Hallelujah. Praise God. I just want to encourage you right now. Bless the Lord right where you are right now. Amen. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and do it with everything that's in you. Praise God. Look unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of your faith. You know, the Bible said of Jesus and these great royal titles prophetic of him in the old covenant that he would be the wonderful counselor, the everlasting father, the mighty God. But friend of mine, the most precious of the titles because of our need for the hope and peace that only Jesus can bring. The last one, he he is certainly a wonderful counselor. He is the everlasting Father. I and my Father are one. He is the Prince. He is the the wonderful Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father. But most precious to everyone who reads those titles, He is the Prince of Peace. Hallelujah. 
And when we achieve His peace and we rest upon Him and in Him, we find a peace that passes all understanding. Praise God. God, whether He keeps us from or whether He takes us through, no matter what happens, He is our peace who has broken down the middle wall of partition and He's made us one. So therefore, in Christ Jesus, there's neither male nor female, Jew nor Greek, bond nor free. We are one with ancient Israel. We are one with Abraham's seed. We are one with Christ and one with God. Amen. And he is with us today. I wish you would praise him right where you are today. I wish you would just lift your hands right now and and see fear have to tuck his tail between his legs and run away because faith has risen up in the promise and the provision of God himself today. Amen. Right where you are, bless the Lord. Say it with me right now. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless His holy name. For He's forgiven all mine iniquities and He's healed all my diseases. Hallelujah. 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 And if you don't know Jesus today as your Lord and your Savior, your Sovereign and your King and your Savior, listen, you need this place to run to, this peace to keep your heart and mind. The world will never be the same. The fearful, fearful things that are coming are going to keep coming until they climax during the Great Tribulation. And just before that great and terrible day of the Lord, that day of wrath, the Scripture's clear, we're not appointed to wrath, but to obtain salvation. That doesn't just mean to be saved from our sin, but to be saved from the wrath to come. <laughs> Delivered, Jesus is coming with a shout, with the trump of God, with the voice of the archangel. And when He does, the dead in Christ are going to rise first. We which are living and remain will be caught up with Him. To meet the Lord in the air, so shall we ever be with the Lord. We don't want to leave you behind, dear friend. Don't run from Jesus. Run to Him and come back next week. And let's talk about Jesus. Jesus.